Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. That's some scary stuff right there. We got some scary individuals with us this evening. Because we're going to talk about a fucking scary subject. We call it scary humanity. You know what I mean? It happens every day. Behind closed doors, in front of closed doors. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you you can smell it in the air. Sometimes you see the residue of what used to be there. You know what I mean? Um, some wild and crazy shit. But before we get into that, we got some wild and crazy guys. All right, Steve Martin style. Uh, first up, brother Alex in the building. How you doing over there, Alex? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here and. Uh... And we just see what uh, rabbit hole we fall down in. Oh, we're glad to have you. Of, of course, Alex. We're back on the road soon, doing some acting gigs. I heard maybe killing Heck it yeah. all over the place. But we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to let anybody know when he'll be in the air, in case uh, somebody wants to try and take him down or something. He's beloved. Um, another f- person on the show today, usually behind the boards, very behind the scenes guy. Uh, so behind the scenes that uh, you might you might uh, you might, might not even hear him. He might wipe himself right out of this episode. It could just be dead air when he's talking. You know what I mean? You never know. He's a crazy guy over there. Uh, I'm looking him right into his big pale face. Uh, he's a full head of uh, white hair. I don't know how he does it. Um, you know, he's a little older than me. I think he got like three, four years on me. But for some reason, he looks like he's fucking 80, 80 years old. But I, I, I equate it to him knowing all the truth and knowing the, knowing the true uh, realities and the dark, the dark burdens that carry humanity as it strolls through the Netherland. You know what I mean? And if I'm a, with a big introduction like that, you can only be talking about one gentleman. And that gentleman is the one and only uh, fresh out of rehabilitation. 
you know, just got out for the drink. We're glad to have him back. Uh, but the one and only, Buddy Butterfuko, how you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing great. Glad to be on this show. And for the record, the reason I have a full head of gray hair and only, only actually, you know, three years older than my buddy Matt oh. simply is because being friends with you, Matt, ages a man. Well, I do what I can, and you should either th- thank me. It sounds like you got you got beef with the issue, but it's good for it. It's a good look for you. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we had you on the show today because, you know, the gentleman, the main focus of the episode, uh, Anthony John Todd, your boy, uh, same age as you roughly, I think. That's why we, we, That's why we played it out that way. Yeah, we we could actually be twins. That's how closely we we actually resemble each other. It's kind of spooky. It was like looking in the mirror, watching his uh, courtroom appearance. It's uh, kind of unnerving, to be perfectly frank on that. Uh, be perfectly Tony on that subject for sure. Very young, age forty four. I guess when we were younger, age forty four would be. You'd go, oh, that dude's old as shit. But as we approach, so no, no offense, buddy. But as we approach, dude, it's uh, you know, me and Alex are a little younger than you, so it's a different vibe for us. But as we approach, you go forty-four. Dag, that's 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 kind of young for your whole world to be over type deal. Where it's not quite death, but that you know, he might as well. That dude's finished. He's gone. He's gone off the prison land for the remainder of his time. Uh, somebody might kill him off. He's very theatric, so it's possible someone will kill him off because uh, he's probably annoying. He's probably super annoying in prison. He's probably always talking about how how he's innocent, even to the inmates, and how he'd never do something like that. And, uh, yeah, because I don't think he's protected, so they'll probably give him the old uh, hallelujah, hallelujah back, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's how it is. I mean, we, uh, uh, the passage of time keeps on, uh, keeps on going and, uh, and, and especially with everything that, that happened, I, I mean, listening to the guy, I mean, it, it's, the guy's totally tapped out. And of course, trying to put all the blame on his wife as being the one that's really behind this uh, weird, weird religion, this whole idea, I think, of um, reincarnation, like, oh, we're going, because life is so bad for us right now, we're going to just end it all together and then come back in a better life. Uh, I mean, I mean, it'd be kind of cool if it actually worked that way, but uh, I have a very hard, hard time trying to swallow that idea that, you know, yeah, oh, life sucks now, you know, that's, that's, and when, but when we die, we, we come back in a, a even better life if we live our life a certain way now. It's kind of like, 
you know, putting a down payment on a car or a home. You know, you're, you're building up good karma into this life. So when you die, you come back in a better life. I do not get into this whole reincarnation, you know, bullshit. Well, in fairness, you have overdosed and crossed over many a times, and they've been able to bring you back with Narcan and such. But, 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 when they brought me back, I'm still in the same life. I'm not in a better life. I mean, you got one life, dude, and, and you got to do what you can with it. I mean, sometimes, yeah, yeah, you drink a little and you have a little fun and it backfires. But uh, you're not going to suddenly die and wake up and be a, like a multi-millionaire playboy philanthropist like Tony Stark or something like that. Or Alex Hawk, you know what I mean? Well, no. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. Not everybody can be like me. I mean... That's, that's that's for sure. sure. That is for sure. So to pop a little bit into this a very tragic thing, you know, uh, I know we make our jokes and stuff, but super fucking tragic thing. This is fascinating in the sense of how, you know, madness like this happens all the time. Super sad stuff. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, like two years ago, up by me, um, five minutes down the road from me, there was a dude that, you know, killed his his wife and like two or three kids on uh, that himself, I believe. And uh, just kind of weird. It's like these, these people have these weird moments and they snap and they do these completely horrendous things. You know, that's just kind of fascinating that these things happen. And it's weird. You know, you'll talk to people that know them and it's kind of, every now and then you get that weird. Well, I, he was always nice. You know, I never seen this coming type deal. So it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, what is it that makes people just kind of go through a supposedly normal life and then all of a sudden something happens? You think it's always in them? What do you think happens to you guys? You think something pops and then they just go, well, you know, this, 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 it has to be, you know. And I know this, this story itself has a different case, which we're going to get into. But what's your take on that overall? Um, I mean, on my side, um, now, what what uh, I I think is called like a familicide, which is um, yeah. when you know someone decides to you know kill their entire family, and 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 I would like I, I wish I could say this was like you know a rare thing, but over the years you hear more and more of these kind of situations now. The majority of the ones that I've read and heard about, uh, usually uh, it's the the father or the husband of of the entire uh, family uh, group is the one who you know does the killing and all that. I remember I was I was watching something and they were trying to explain that the idea is. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I know that we are kind of trying to live in a society where, you know, um, you know, men and women are equal and all that, and which, which is the way it should be. But there's still kind of that mentality of, especially in families, that it's kind of the, 
man's job, man's responsibility to take care of the family, to provide for the wife, provide for the kids and all that. And then there are those who believe that's their responsibility, but they find themselves coming up short. And this guy, um, supposedly he's in debt, you know, a lot of things are mounting up, but his wife's always sick. And the the thought process is because it's his job, his position to take care of the family. If he can't do it, if he can't, you know, kind of pony up, be the, the man that he has to be for his family, that in in their mind, killing the whole family is a service to them. It's like, well, if I can provide for them, you know, they they're better because they're better off without without uh without living uh without being in this world because I mean it it's just a weird kind of where you have to be on like a certain level of narcissist. You have to be a certain level of narcissist yeah. that believes that that you're so important to this family unit that they can't live without you and you can't do your job to protect and 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 bring in the bacon and all that that you decide that you kill your kids your family i mean heck this guy even kills his dog because right. he believe- yeah because he believes that they're they're going to be in a better place because if he's not there to provide for them, then no one's going to be there to provide for them. And they'll be, you know, destitute or whatever. So in his messed up mind, the best thing he can do for them is to kill them. But then again, here's the thing. He kills them, but he does not kill himself. I mean, that's the thing that I, I found interesting is that, you know, he's talking about how, you know, uh, they they wanted to go die. They are thinking about this, you know, reincarnation. They wanted to be together. And he wanted to be with his family, too. And, and, and they made this decision that, you know, they're going to kill the kids, kill themselves. But only the wife's dead, only the kid's dead, and the dog's dead. But he did not do that because he, he's nothing more than a coward. He, he's a bullshit artist. Right. I mean, that, that's what blows my mind. He claimed, he claimed that he attempted to kill himself 10 times or so throughout the, I think he was, he was with that. He was with the family for a couple of weeks, I think. Um, and throughout this process, that was the deal. Uh, so, which, I, you know, if you're, if you're, I, I, you know, if you're, if you attempted 10 times, you didn't do it. I don't think you're trying too hard. I'm not that I'm condoning, you know what I mean? Anything. Uh, the one bit of evidence throughout this, all my research of this situation that works in his favor that I brought up any question and it is the fact that, it, but it, it does come from his sister, which would be protecting him. And if they found this out to be a twist on her take, they should probably give her a little slap on the wrist for for for, for uh, lying, if this is the case on it. But she said that 
the wife did they were worried about the wife because the wife was talking about the end of the world was coming. So that, and that's the interesting part about it is the psychosis of that stuff. When it's, it's very heaven's gate cult like where, cause her, the, the mother, you know, the whole claim, his claim is that, you know, they got into some weird things. Um, and they started to think that, you know, the, the end of the world was coming and their whole deal is that if they could all die together, that they would go to the next realm together. You know what I mean? A very spiritual, very spiritual talk. I wonder if the kids were involved in that. You know what I mean? Um, it's um, a great, I, yeah. I, can I jump in there? Yeah, sure. Um, suppose, I mean, when I, I was, because I watched some of the, uh, the, um, the trial with, yeah. with the guy. And if I remember correctly, there is a part where he said that they talked to the kids and the kids were like, yes, we want to go to the next world, the next life with you and dad and, and all that be together. But then again, I mean, you're looking at how young these kids are. I mean, first of all, I mean, they don't, I don't think they truly understood what the question, yeah. the question and all that. And of course, you know, I mean, mom and dad is a big thing in, in a young child's life. And you want to, even if you think that it's a little weird, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I love mom. I love dad. Of course, I want to be with them. And if there's another, you know, life, another um, plane of existence, I want to be with those that I love. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, but what, what, I really find interesting is he kept on saying that these were his wife's beliefs, not his and, and all that. And there was a point where he said he was there during it. And then he says, Oh, he came home and his wife had already killed the kids. And, and then see, and then like you said, you know, he was saying that, Oh yeah, I, I tried to kill myself like 10 times. I couldn't do it. I mean, he, en he ended up living in the house with, you know, the the body's just decomposing for I forget how long. It's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's it's like, dude, yeah. If if you are trying to kill yourself ten times and you're not successful, or <laughs> you're not trying hard, as, as as my buddy said, it's yeah, it's there's a lot of holes in his his. Uh, his explanation of the situation. I think that they were very, I think that they were psychotic. If she was involved, I, who it, the true question is what, what happens because it's either, it's either just him not wanting his family anymore and saying, if, even if this sends me to prison, I'm willing to take this gamble. It's either that, or it's the flip side of these people really believed that this was the deal. And that he, at the end of it, he really, he just didn't have what it took Maybe death was too real to him. You know, you see a lot of that with culty suicide. You know, Jim Jones supposedly couldn't do do the Kool-Aid. Um, I don't know about any of the Heaven's Gate folks. They might have went, they might have been all in, but uh, all the, what's it, uh, uh, Poe, whatever his name is, the, the Doe, whatever his name is, they're the leader, the one that survived um, or, or one that lived, you know. With the Heaven's Gate, it was two people. It was a dude and a girl, and the girl died of cancer, and, they, and, and that, that's when the guy kind of went haywire, and they really went, they started to push forward more with the leaving the earth type deal. 
and I think his name was Doe, if I remember correctly. That was his little uh, Heaven's Gate name. But uh, I don't know his deal, but I do know that Jim Jones was shot. Somebody tried to shoot him, I believe, because he didn't. He wasn't taking the poison. Um, so, like, there's there's famous uh, times in cult history when the, everybody didn't join the join on the suicide deal, the pact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because those, I mean, those in, in usually in the head of cults and all that. I mean, they don't believe what they're spouting. They, it's. I mean, I, I think you and I had this conversation a while ago because we were talking about Scientology, okay? Yeah. And now Scientology, I forget. I think it's uh, started rearing its head like in the fifties or sixties, and. And of course, you know, you got a lot of those people in Hollywood, like Tom Cruise, who are part of this. And of course, there are people who, you know, call it a cult. And then those who says, no, it's, it's a religion. It's actually a religion. And then, of course, the question is then asked, what's a huge difference between a cult and a religion? And, and the fact is, honestly, I think the biggest difference between <laughs> religions and cults, is how long it's been around. That's a great quote. Now, now, I mean, the truth is that both religions and cults, I mean, there are those who actually believe and want to teach people and help people and all that, which is, is, which is great. But as we know and as we talked about, both cult and religion do seem to breed people who want to have power and they find a way to have power through, you know, through, you know, faith, a, uh, a belief that, you know, your life sucks here on earth, but there's a better place in the hereafter if you do these things, if you say these things. And it tries to, you know, uh, make people that feel so t- uh, upset about where their life is that, oh, if if you follow me, if you become part of my harem or you, you know, give me all this money and live on some kind of commune with me that you will find peace. You will find a way to, you know, live and enjoy life. Yeah. And it's unfortunately a lot of times it always ends up taking a very dark turn. No, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that. And to go back a little bit to the thing about the kids and not wanting to go. Any kid, if you would, if, if a parent was to sit down with the kid and just go, I think it was a very simple and, and, and I, you know, for lack of a better word, I'll say innocent, but I think it was a very simple and innocent uh, exchange with that. Almost like, a, well, you guys wouldn't want to, if mom and dad had to leave, you guys wouldn't want to be here by yourselves, would you? And they were like, no. And then like, they, that, like, so, that, certified in their head that you know oh it's okay they're on board too they definitely didn't understand the question but uh, but 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 here's one thing okay yeah. that is very important okay hit me did they ask the dog oh come on breezy's oh, very come easy on. Going. come on i i do i do i do find of i i I, I know it's probably bad to me. I mean, I am, I do love animals. I do love, you know, but I mean, you, you, you're talking about, 
him being charged for, uh, you know, the, what, like three counts of murder. No, four counts of murder and then animal cruelty for, you know, the death of the dog. Right. And I was like, hey, just give him five counts of murder, man. He killed the friggin' dog, okay? Put the dog in as, as, as a human life. And I think he got, I think the younger two kids, he got even like the, the, with the two heavier charges. Then kind of the teenage son and the and the wife were kind of rounded at it, and the other dog was a little insult to injury. But they figure that all dogs go to heaven, so Breezy don't got nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean it, it's. With I mean, that being said, though, you know, so with that be, you know, the forty-two-year-old wife, Megan Todd, um, and their three children: Alex, age thirteen; Tyler, age eleven; and Zoe, age four; and then Breezy, the family dog. Um, quite insanity you know there was a weird vibe you know the you know i also as we we're gonna dive into the whole kind of timeline real quick but there's also a weird vibe to kind of go with that the the murders were discovered when the authorities executed a search warrant for todd's failure to appear back in connecticut to discuss charges of a large-scale insurance fraud of which he was suspected so the fact that that was i think that you know, with, with, with evidence like that in there, you know, on the show, we, it's kind of got like, uh, uh, like the Bud Dwyer thing, I think, where these people kind of find themselves so, such in bad places that they really, they, they say, this is what I got to do to kind of get myself out of it, thinking that, okay, well, I could either have 50% of the people think I'm a fucking garbage person, or I could have 100% of the people. So I'm just going to try and aim for those 50, which is super dark. Okay, but it's but that's for people that do fucked up things. You know what I mean? And I know well, with this, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, go, going on with what I said earlier, which I always find just kind of blows my mind when you're dealing with the kind of hubris that these these men have to have, where uh, obviously he screwed up, you know, with his practices, with his job. Uh, with the, in this case, insurance fraud. You, you, I mean, you look at most of these guys who do commit uh, a familicide, that they all are in debt. They're living beyond their means. They're living a lifestyle. They're, you know, they're trying to keep up appearances. And 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 the fact is that it's obvious that since the FBI did end up, you know, crashing in that he knew that the floodgates were opening up. He knew things were, and, and the, the damn, the, the fucking hubris, the, the, the guy has to have that his family's better off dead than, you know, just either owning up to what a fuck up he is and taking it like, you know, a man and, and going to prison or going to court and all that. Or, heck, even if I would have respected him more if he decided, oh, my God, they're coming after me, and he ran. If he just, you know, one day just didn't come home. He just got in the car, and he tried to make it to either Mexico or Canada. With or without the family. Without the family. Even if if he did that without without the family. No, no. Uh, let, Let me get to this. 
even if he did that without the family, okay, the family could survive with, okay, that humiliation and all that, but they'd still be alive. The, the damn hubris they, that in his mind that, you know, oh, his family can't live, you know, the, the embarrassment of what he's brought on to them. So, you know, he concocts this bullshit and, and, and he, he, kills them off i mean it's right there's yeah you know i think there's always different sides to the story i think and there's part there's different elements that could be at play at, at hand and maybe multiple at, at the same time because in the same hand you can say that you could also say to a crazy person strictly from a crazy person you could almost say to say that in the mind of somebody that was unstable the idea of leaving abandoning your family uh, and, and never talking or dealing with them again and leaving them in that mess is worse than what he did. And I'm not saying that I feel that way, but I feel like an unstable mind could possibly think that way. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree with, with, with the, the, those possibilities are both pretty strong, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I, mean, I mean, the one thing I've, I've learned in life is the fact that anybody, no matter who you are, anybody can try to rationalize the most heinous act that they 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 decided to commit. Right. Okay. I I'm sure if you went back in time, you sat down with Adolf Hitler, Stalin, uh, Gacy, you know, Dahmer, all those people that have done horrendous things. I'm sure you could sit down and they would, you know, explain that everything they did was for the betterment of either mankind or whether society or just the fact that it just had to happen. I mean, they'd find a way to explain why they did these horrendous things. And and I am never amazed by the fact of how a person will sit there and try to rationalize doing something like this or trying to put the blame on someone else. Like, oh, it was all my wife's idea. You know, it's... You know, it's- I'm, 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 not fully, I'm not fully positive that the wife wasn't involved. I think that's very open for discussion, too, whether she really was tapped out. Because you got to figure... She probably knew about the corruption. They were living high off the hog. And now everything was coming, crashing down. I think that makes a lot of people that that are unstable put in real weird, dark places like that. So I still don't know if he, if it was something where he just said, okay, I'm killing off my family. I'm a ding dong. Or I, 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 a piece of me thinks that maybe, and I don't want to go out there because, you know, she's no longer with us and it's very sad, but. There is a possibility that there really was a death pact where they, him and her said, okay, we're going to this other. And that's the interesting thing about it is that the, the, the idea of that, of that, of that, that's the most fascinating thing for me, I feel. Is that? Oh, yeah. well, well, I mean, here's the thing. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not, let's, let's, let's go in and say that the wife was totally 100% on board. This is what she wanted to. And then after okay. this, we'll roll into kind of what happened. But yeah. All right. Well, ju- just a quick, 
But here's the thing, okay? This says he's 100% on board with this and all of that. And when I was watching the court thing, he kept on saying that this was her belief, not his. Okay? And kept on saying that, you know, this is what she wanted. Yeah. What she she believed in. What she and of course I'm I'm hearing this, I'm like, okay. This say and I'm not saying she could very possibly be as off the rocker as he was. Okay? But the thing is that if you are constantly saying that it's you know, this is what she wanted and all that, and you don't believe in it, then why didn't you step up and stop it from happening? Okay? I mean, it's... I mean, the thing is that if... I, <clears throat> even Let's say I married a woman and, you know, I loved her and all that, and she started talking like this, and I don't believe in her reincarnation, you know, hokum and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Okay, and uh, and and this death pact and all that. And especially if we had kids, I'd start finding a way to, like, get the kids, say, oh, the kids have to go to uh, my parents for the weekend or something. Get the kids away and then try a deal with her uh, myself. I mean, it's... You must, it's not, believe in, you must not believe in real love, bud. No, dude, I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, I know dude, what you mean. Dude. Everybody's here with you. It's a weird yeah, yeah. thing. We're talking, we're mental health, you got to talk about unstable people. And, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Love I, can like be a said, crazy I, thing, brother. I mean, I un- <clears throat> love makes you do the crazy. I think I heard literally. someone say that recently. Quite literally. Because that one only had to deal with a slap. There you uh, go. This is a little bit more serious than that. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact is that, okay, I, so, so, I mean, that's, if you're going on that, I mean, the guy has to, you know, just friggin' own up to it, okay, man, because, yeah. especially, okay, after doing it, and then he's hanging around three weeks in the house where his, his, his family's body is decomposing, I mean, dude, dude, I mean, I mean, wrapped I have a blankets. hard time wrapping my head around that. They were wrapped up in blankets, kid. Horrifying. For more than a little over two weeks. Um, you know, that's a hard, that, the, the smell. I'm surprised the smell wasn't more. You got to even th- that light. You like this dude spending that much time with the with his family dead wrapped up in blankets. If you weren't crazy before that, I assumed that you would be crazy after that. The smells, um, just the presence, you know what I mean, of them being there. Um, I think that's enough to make you kind of go Looney Tune, too. And he sat there and he tried. This plan was probably during, during this during this time. I wonder how he tried to kill himself. I don't think it was realistic ways. Maybe it was... Uh, he was trying to drown himself in feathers or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean. And originally, he was, he originally when he went into there and he, he, he admitted to doing it. And then I think he talked to a lawyer. And I think the, him and the lawyer 
devised this kind of uh, the wife deal. Because I don't think that he was speaking the full deal when he when he first got down into it. But we're about to get down into it now. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, we gotta go. To, we're gonna start off <clears throat> December first. I mean December 29th. The first welfare check. Uh, family members had last seen Anthony Todd on November 22nd in Connecticut for Thanksgiving. His sister uh, told authorities a day prior, uh, Todd had met with his federal agents investigating his physical therapy business and confessed to a brazen health care fraud scheme. Yeah, I believe it was something about, I, I don't want to speculate, or this is purely speculation, but I think it was something about billing people that didn't come come in, billing them at the the insurance companies for people that act, didn't actually have like appointments and shit, uh, in which he had he had for years collected thousands of dollars from Medicaid and private insurers for care he never actually provided to patients. So mainly, I just kind of wasted everybody's time explaining it because then we later had it come about. Now, a sister called the Osola. County Sheriff's Office on December 29th after she hadn't heard from anyone in the family for uh, five since either uh, December 23rd or the 24th, according to a recording of a call. I'm wondering if someone can do a wellness check on my brother and his family, she said. They've been really sick for the last week and a half, and I can't seem to get a hold of them. Uh, mentally sick, it sounds. <laughs> Um, Kappa later called back to ask for an additional wellness check at the condo the family owned in Longview Avenue, less than a half a mile from their rental house on Reserve Place, which I believe was a part of the Disneyland thing because they were they were calling him the Disney dad in some things. Um, Sheriff R- Russ Gibson has said deputies conducted a welfare check on the Reserve Place home. Uh, December 29th, after Kaplan called, uh, called, but were not able to contact anyone. You know what I mean? Which was, uh, you know, they did not find anything suspicious about that. Now, on January 6th, the last communication, relatives and friends said that the last time they had any communication with the Todd's in the form of text messages from Anthony and Megan Todd's phone record show. Text max, that could have been, that could have been tone. That could have been tone low texting through her phone. You know, it would be. This reminds me kind of like a, a Benoit, Chris Benoit type deal where I believe he messaged people through his wife's phone, I think. Um, a family member received a text from Anthony Todd's phone that day saying the device had been found at a Starbucks in Sarasota and it would be turned over to police. The records don't make uh, clear who sent that message. You know, it almost—it's like almost they contemplated, or whoever contemplated doing a murder scheme, like the family was murdered by somebody, like kidnapped and took their shit. A little bit of sounds like that. Now, a neighbor of the Toffs Longview Avenue condo told deputies she had texted Megan Todd that same day to let her know that there was an eviction notice on the family's front door. So you got that—that's some heaviness too. If they know they got no house, if they know they're about to be in the streets. That unfortunately adds fuel to the fire for them wanting to retire. You know what I mean? Now the neighbor said Megan replied, "Okay, thanks." That's uh, okay, thanks. Uh, 
to say thank you to something like that, I, and I feel like your head's not in the right place. These are people that lived high on the hog a little bit. And for your world to come crumble, your, even your social world like this, for you to be having money and now your 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 neighbors are supposedly laughing at you because now you're losing your house. You know what I mean? That's This is a lot to take on to an unstable mind, I feel. Uh, whoever was the unstablest of minds. However, it's unclear who sent the reply. The okay thanks, I feel like, is the dude. Um, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like you probably wouldn't get a, a reply back. That's not the best news you want to hear. It's like, how do you even respond back to that? Uh, okay, thanks, I guess. I don't know. Now, Gibson had said detectives suspect Megan Todd and her children died in late December. Now, on Jan- January 9th through the 12th, repeated checks were had. Over several days before their bodies were found, family acquaintances and federal officials who had an arrest warrant and were searching for Anthony Todd called OCSO repeatedly with concerns. On January 9th, an FBI agent called to seek help finding Anthony. Soon after, uh, Kaplan called back asking for another wellness check, mentioning she had learned about the FBI investigation. Uh, That call was, my sister-in-law made a comment that basically... The world is ending on December 28th, and nobody has talked to them, Caplet told them. Nobody has physically talked to my sister-in-law since the 26th of December, and my brother stopped texting as of Monday, which was January 6th. See, that's the only evidence I think that helped him. Not that it helped him in any way, but the only thing that leaned more towards his story was that. And that just kind of puts out a little question of whether or not she was involved. Now, the world is ending on December 28th. could be took in different ways. It could be just somebody going through the shit. They're losing their house. They can go, the whole fucking world's ending, man. It's just, it's all crumbling down. You know, one of those things. It could have been something like that. Like, it, you know, the same thing with, like, the question with the kids. Like, I don't think they understood that question. A lot of things could just be taken. And especially if it's text. If this was in text, a lot of that shit could be get, you know, you know, you know the, the actual... So that's why it's good to actually talk in person so you can get the cadence of how it's being said and stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and then you can get a better vibe with it. You know, uh, Kaplan told the dispatcher she was concerned that there was something a little bit more that could be happening. I'd say so. It's just really strange, she said. On January 10th, about 5 p.m., uh, two deputies went out to the two homes in celebration Um citing the request from the FBI and the Todd's relatives. They first went to the reserve place home and knocked on the front door, as well as the door to a garage apartment, but got no answer. Was Cato Kalen living in that garage apartment? Uh, the door was locked and all the windows had the blinds closed, the reports said. You know what I mean? The mailbox uh, was dated January 6th. Deputies reported an eviction notice left on the door on December 31st was still there. Uh, that's big. I think that's big. Humiliation amongst your community can make you do wild things, I feel, to people that really care about that social thing. Um, to the point where, like, they're so fucking embarrassed that they're angry. They're so angry they're fucking going out heavy like that. Um they then, you know, who's to say that they weren't trying to guild people around them that was that they were hope, hopefully were going to financially help them out or something, help them save their house. You know, there's a lot of weird things, you know, it could be a thing for society. It could be a personal thing. 
Now, they then went into the Longview Avenue condo where an eviction notice was also still on the door. The deputies said they found the family's van, a maroon Honda Odyssey. That doesn't sound like a very uh, living high off the hog van, but it's a family automobile uh, parked behind Building 11 in the complex. Though the family's condo was in Building 9. That's, you know, and then they got all their arts and crafts at Building 19. The deputy called back Caplet with updates, and she said the entire family's phones go straight to voicemail. Um, the batteries were probably dead at that point, you know, no pun intended. Um, but the batteries were probably gonzo at that point. If they haven't been charging them for a couple of days, they, they go out. Uh, the deputy went back to both homes the following day, January 11th, finding the van had not moved. And again, no answer at either home. The report said, I wonder at what point they kicked the door in. It's starting to get a little weird. Um, if it was my family member, I'd just go kick the fucking door in because it's taking too long. Family members and federal authorities weren't the only ones trying to find the tots. The owner of the reserve place home, Yasmin Dordoy, called the OCSO the day before the bodies were found, uh, January 12th, to ask for a welfare check. Her call was with a little something like this. I own a property that I rent out and I have concerns for the family. On social media, I've just sort of seen that people have not seen or heard from this family in a long, long time. And I'm trying to serve notice to evict them because they've not been paying rent. Uh, She said that she was most concerned for the children who she had read online had not been seen since Thanksgiving. I'm concerned for the family and I'm concerned for my property. Uh, this is very honest of her to say a property in there. I just thought it was me and they weren't communicating. They weren't communicating with because they owed me money. Very, that makes sense. But in general, they've not been in contact with anybody. Uh, she probably feels a little guilt. I mean, business is business. You don't pay your rent. You got to go. But uh, I hope she don't feel guilt that she had any involvement in that. She probably could on dark, cold nights. If you're listening, you should, shouldn't feel guilt. Uh, January 13th, Todd family found. All right, about to get gruesome up in this mother trucker. The, sco- the discovery of what happened to the Todd family began when an Os- Osceola County Sheriff's Office dispatcher fielded a call from a special agent for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources. She was asking for two deputies to back up federal agents as they could arrest Anthony Todd for health care fraud. So he was going down. Our agents have an eye on our target right now, the target, the agent said. The agent explained that Todd had been seen entering his home on a reserve place. His kids or wife might be inside, but agents weren't sure. The only vehicle he was known uh, was known to own was parked at the condo. Uh, the couple owned a few blocks away on Longview Avenue, though the garage at reserve place was closed and he had been seen in a white SUV uh, weeks prior so he was being like surveillanced they were like watching this dude uh the plot thickens a little bit uh into the direction the dispatcher asked are there any known threats to the kids and that was the response was there's concerns there the agent said i don't know of any direct threats but there are concerns he does know that he is being investigated we have executed a search warrant 
uh, at his business in Connecticut. As far as we know, he has uh, tapped out all of his financial resources and he has not contacted his family in over a week. So he's got no money. It's all over. Uh, whole world come crashing down. Uh, when deputies and federal agents swarmed the house, they knocked several times, announcing their intent to arrest Anthony. But with no response, according to multiple uh, supplemental reports from the OCSO, deputies who responded to the scene. Officials found uh, the door was unlocked, so they entered the home. That's kind of fucking all those people that went to the house for a wellness check that knocked on the door and nothing happened. All they had to do was turn the doorknob and they would have been in. And I think as, as police, I don't know why they didn't go in there sooner to begin with. That's another, this is a conspiracy for you. Um, but I think that's very weird. Now, when they approached, this is the, now this is them going in. I could smell a strong foul odor, which I suspected to be the decompose, decompo, ah, decomposition of something or someone, one deputy wrote, the odor became stronger the further I walked into the home. That's kind of one of those crazy things that you always, you're happy you don't have to ever witness. It's like very, it's a weird deal. I guess it comes with the job, though, you know. Officials said they heard a man's faint voice coming from upstairs and soon saw Anthony Todd holding on to the railing of the second floor of the residence, attempting to walk down the stairway. One report said the officials asked about his family members. Anthony then advised that his children might be at a friend's house for a sleepover, but his wife, Megan, was upstairs sleeping. The report said Anthony then yelled out, Megan, but received no response. See, that dude's mind fried the fuck out. He's fried Barry mind. He's finished up. Uh, Officials went upstairs when they saw the door open to the master bedroom. A body wrapped in blankets was visible on the bed. Sticking out of the blanket uh, was a foot that was black and blue in color, one deputy wrote. So Rigamortai has said. Deputies opened the door further to find two bodies on a mattress on the floor, both covered with blankets. They determined the body on the bed was a woman and the other two on the floor were boys. All three were deceased for a fair amount of time. After realizing that Todd's youngest child, uh, their daughter, was unaccounted for, deputies began searching for her, for her until one found a young female child wrapped in a blanket at the foot of the bed. So they didn't have to go that far, I guess. I don't know why they didn't see that to begin with. Now the calls we see rolls underneath the bed. You're, 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 you're a bad man. You're a bad man to make a joke about a poor dead child. Uh, calls continue as word spreads. Now, the word for the grizzly murders discovery on Reserve Place leaked out pretty quick. Uh, in news reports of the death investigation rumors on Facebook, where social media is the new news outlet, where speculation about the Todd's disappearance had reached a fever pitch. Um, some came in from media outlets in Connecticut and Orlando. A woman who said she was a nanny for the Todd's children when they lived in Connecticut also called, giving her a number uh, and explaining the family is very close to me, so you should give me a book deal. The resident state trooper for the family's hometown, Colchester, Connecticut, called to offer, uh, called to offer assistance. Twice it was Kelly Ball, one of Anthony Todd's sisters. This is not an emergency, she began in one of the calls. 
Well, it is for me. And that call in another, she pleaded for someone to call her. The family had no reliable details. My parents are seeing all this stuff on the internet and we have zero information and hadn't heard yet from the detectives what they had found. Um, that sucks. That's very, that's very frustrating. That reminds me a lot of the Columbine deal where, um, the, 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 you know, the police or whatever were afraid to kind of go into the high school because of the bombs, but the media was already there with helicopters. So there's like, there was a kid that died like in the, on the lawn and like the parents found out about it from like media coverage, just showing him on the lawn, which is horrifying. Um, so it kind of has that vibe a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll be hearing back from the homicide detective. You know, I don't know if you've been following the news or not. If it's gotten that far, she said, we had a murder suicide in that area. So I'm not going to be able to release any other information. So I wonder if they thought he was, no, murder-suicide. So they must have thought the wife, because they knew that he was alive. So they must have considered the, the wife as, from that, at that point uh, that she was the suicide person and murdering the kids. If you could not release that information to people asking for this welfare check, that would be great. So I wonder if there was like a note found or, or some weird manifesto because well, right there, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I'm trying to think back. Uh, when I watched the court thing, I, I think he did make a comment that she did leave I think a suicide. Did, no. Yeah, I think she did now that we think of that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, he went in there, you know. It's very weird. It's some very weird, interesting stuff, you know what I mean, with that. Um yeah, if they, you know, that right there is very suspicious, I feel, especially with the deal with the with the sister saying that they said the world was going to end. That's very weird, um, unsettling, you know what I mean? Um, and then this stuff where they said, if you could not talk about it, but we have a murder-suicide. Uh, maybe he from the guy, I want to say in that, I watched the video of the trial, the stuff that you watched, and I also watched when he first was brought in and they were, they were interrogating him and he kind of came off. Like he was admitting to like, I got the vibe. Like he was more in the, like in the know of it. And then the lawyer got involved by the time they got to the court. So it became a real story and he was believing what he was putting out there. Like he made himself believe it. Maybe that's what he did with those over those weeks with them. Cause I think when you do something wild like that, I think you're, you're, I think you you go to such a distant place mentally that you don't come back from it. And then you kind of, you need to rebuild. So I almost felt like he went so that thing was so, you know, he did it, but I feel like it was still traumatic to his mind because going through with it and the after effects are probably more heinous than the actual preparing. So he probably was, put for a loop and recreated in his mind. He recreated the story to make himself look as least bad as possible. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He's never getting out of jail. They, 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 they put him away. Um, you know, he just try 
very weird, very weird. I'm always fascinated by those super weird ones, but yeah, you know, for this one, I kind of go with the fact that they were, they were probably living high on the land for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, fraud, they were fraudings. They were getting big money was coming in. I think that they probably got to a social class that they were uh, very fond of. I think that that was leaving them. Um, substances never came into play, but I almost feel like that would go hand in hand with a lot of the situations here. Um, you know, I know that she had, she, I think there was antidepressant stuff with both of them. I think I know that she had Lyme disease and he was trying to blame Lyme disease and a couple other things with like her losing her shit. Um, but I, I, I really think that, yeah, there was probably some medication of some sort going on between both of them um they were living good lives you know they had all the money they wanted to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do then they got caught they were looking at a future that they weren't gonna have that anymore now if the drug like if drugs were more if drugs were leaked or whatever like if the, if, the, if, if drugs were brought up in any of this stuff I, it would make more sense because their brains would, could be zapped out you know what i mean and not really thinking clearly and just be real fucking delusional um, to get you stuff like that. But I, I'd speculate that there was probably some drugs or maybe some alcohol behind the scenes. Um, you know, she had issues where she couldn't like walk sometimes and stuff. So like, I'm sure there was drugs sometimes, you know, she was obviously in pain. Um, you know, I, they probably, you know, when you're in a delusional state and you, you stumble into the wrong shit and you, you know, you, you can start believing it, which is, you know, the, the culty vibe that, you know, they watch one too many weird YouTube videos or something like that and sent them into this weird place. And, you know, so I almost, I almost feel that's the case. They just, they, they were, they knew the, they, the end of their good life was coming and they were like, we had all this. We're not even going to have a place to live soon. We have no money. We tapped out all our funds. They probably tried to fake it for the kids. May, oh, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, and then it just isn't. And they probably didn't have the heart to tell their kids it was fucking over. When they, they knew that eviction notice was coming, so they probably wanted to do the, the, the dirty deed before uh, that, before the kids they want to almost see in a dark, weird, twisted world. I, I almost look at them thinking that they were saving their kids by doing what they did. And they maybe thought that, you know, they were trying to find like a spiritual loophole in a way where like they, okay, well, we, we, we so-and-so believes that, you know, if this, you know, uh, you know, you, you go out at your, your highest power and, you know, you got more power in the next one. Or in this case, it was one of those things. You'd all go out together. Then you both travel together and you arrive at the next destination together. Nobody gets lost in the shuffle because of years past or whatever, that they're all still there together. So I think it was a mixture of unstable minds with medication. Um. Their whole world crashing down and not had literally not gonna have anything. And I think that they kind of made themselves delusionally think that the best thing for everybody is just to leave 
a situation and they kind of made themselves believe that if they did this, they'd be able to be together. Um, at that point, I almost feel like the father might have chickened out a little bit with his end of it. You know, the way that it goes is they gave supposedly a dessert. The mother made a dessert with a bunch of Benadryl in it, I think. Uh, it was like over-the-counter type, uh, like a medicine. And supposedly they gave to, to all the uh, dessert. They ate it. When they fell asleep, I guess they stabbed them. Um, the oldest teenager was killed first because he was the, I believe the father even said that because he was the most threatening, like in that first original sit down. And then he went back after he talked to the lawyer, he was like, oh, I meant to say that she killed him. He killed, she killed him. I meant to say, I, I, I didn't mean to say that I killed my oldest son first because he could actually fight me back. What I meant to say is I was watching cartoons and my wife killed him. That's what I meant to say. Slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, and then they, they stabbed them all. That was the deal. Supposedly, supposedly the wife, you know, stabbed herself. Supposedly the wife took a bunch of the, 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 the dessert as well. Um, and then like stabbed herself in the stomach a couple times. And as she lay dying, she, she was just telling him how great he was. There was like a lot of weird, very weird delusional shit. I think drugs are more involved than they're putting on. I definitely think there, there's some serious head prescription medicine probably going on, which they don't want to, they don't really like to shed bad light on that stuff. So they're probably not going to bring that up. Um, but I definitely think there's some serious mental health shit going down. I think it was a mixture of mental health and a mixture of people getting ready to lose everything, which people losing everything, you got a family and you, you, you're, 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 you have a finances aren't an issue. You have all the money you kind of ever kind of want. You're very comfortable. And then now all of a sudden hubby's going to jail. You're losing everything. You already lost all your money. You're losing your house. She's going to be a single mother with, with the kids. She's going to have to get a job or find something out way to do that. Um, if those kids had, you know, they're probably, some of them were probably gearing up for the old, the teenager was probably gearing up for leaving high school and going to college soon. You know, they probably assumed that his, his college was paid for and that all their futures were going to be beautiful. And that's all over now. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know. The questions would be, I guess, really, if he could, cause I could also see him just being delusional also with drugs involved and killing his family, thinking that that's the best thing for all of them. Like I said in the beginning, I think the true questions with me are if the wife was actually involved in it. And um, I don't, I mean, the kids were kind of, I don't think they were involved. If they were involved, they probably wouldn't have needed to take the drugs, the cake drug or whatever, the dessert to get to that place. But who's to say, because a lot of stuff like that, they, they, they make it as easy as the transition as easy as possible, but it's very, uh, it's very, some very weird stuff. Now, Alex or buddy, buddy, we didn't really hear much from you. Um, but I know this touch is very close to home for you. So I don't want to put you over the edge, but Alex or buddy, which, 
what, what, what's your takes? You know what I mean? You can both give me some feedback, but whoever wants to go first can go first. Uh, what do you think actually happened here? Well, I mean, if, 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 uh, if you want my uh, opinion on this, I think whether she was in it uh, with him or it was just him, the fact is that uh, they, uh, they realized that they were um, going to lose it all, like you said. And they decided that uh, uh, that the best course of action was to, you know, just, you know, check out. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, that's always... I mean, when you're dealing with <clears throat> people with uh, with uh, weird ways of, of looking at things and, and their mental issues that um, they can rationalize anything. I mean... Probably the whole, you know, reincarnation and all that was their way of trying to, like you said before, just rationalize what they're doing is a good thing, which, I mean, any, any normal person would look at it like, no, this is a selfish act that uh, you guys screwed up your situation. And you're worried that, you know, you guys have put you, painted yourself into a corner you can't get out of. So, it's just sickening that some people uh, can can just rationalize doing something so horrible. What, what do you think? Do you think the kids had any involve, any knowledge or any involvement in this? The, the kids could, they could very have well set down their kids and said, hey, how do you feel about, you know, you know, being in the world without your parents? And if I'm right, even the teenager, I think it, the teenager was like 13, which is still quite young. I mean, if, if, if you're sitting down and you're telling your kids that, all right, um, we don't know what's going to happen, and how would you guys feel if, you know, your parents were gone and weren't here to help raise you and protect you, like what a parent is supposed to do? And, of course, I mean, being young kids, I mean, you want to appease your parents. Plus, also, a fact is that I'm, you can only imagine growing up with these two people as your parents, what kind of indoctrination that they had done with the kids earlier. I mean, if they were raised with this whole reincarnation, you know, uh, 
ideas and, and theology, they might think, oh, this is, this is what's supposed to happen. This is normal. I mean, you, and, and unfortunately, I mean, whether the kids knew about this or not, that is not the issue. The issue is the fact that you had these people that these kids were supposed to look at there to protect them and, and they decided in their own selfish reasons to take their lives. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, even, even if, if, like I said, even if the kids knew about this, I mean, they were too young to make any rational decision, and this is not a rational decision by any rational human being. Obviously. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think the, Definitely, the you know the the, the you know, no, I don't think any of the kids that were had any real knowledge of it. You know, the I think the the, the questions were real vague, and it was a situation where uh, they definitely manipulated they manipulated the kids into kind of agreeing, but not knowing what they're agreeing to to kind of ease their mind. I wouldn't be surprised if later you came to find out that there was like some weird. Definitely, I feel like there's some head meds behind the scenes, but maybe something even a little more recreational, but hardcore. Um, stories like this is like the, the, like the mother and father were like big cokeheads or meth heads or something. It sounds like where they just fucking went heavy, went heavy and lost themselves and scrambled to try and put the pieces back together and somehow this made sense in a scrambled mind, you know what I mean? It's very dark shit, very dark shit. Alex, what's your, what's your, what's your, by the end of this whole deal here and all this stuff, what, what's your vibe? What are you thinking? What am I thinking? Yeah, um, what are you thinking, boss? That, yeah, two people that realize that the world that they had built from their their ideal, what they wanted for the, themselves and for their family, was crashing down. Yeah. And whether it's drugs, whether it's just the fact that they had mental uh, issues, or they just, you know, they saw the, that uh, the writing on the wall that the... Uh, uh, feds were going to be coming down and taking away everything that they held dear, whether it was their position in, in their community, whether it was just the, the the fact of living life the way they wanted to live it. They realized that it was all going to go away. And yeah. in their trying to rationalize it, they want, I, I think that the, the end result was the husband and the wife wanted to end it, uh, but they had kids. Now, if they didn't have kids, maybe they'd be like, okay, we'll just you know, kill ourselves to save ourselves from being, you know, incarcerated and punished and humiliated and all that. 
But since they had kids, they're like, wait a minute. If we did that, who'd take care of the kids? Uh, the kids need us. But hey, if we take the kids with us in a you know, little you know, um, death fantasy, then we don't have to uh, feel guilty of leaving our kids behind. Now, for me, I think that is a really weird and warped sense of rationalization for this. But I think that's what the two of them had. Now, the wife obviously was having um, health issues. Now, I can very easily believe that she might be the the uh, the uh, major uh, person behind this entire concept. Because, I mean, if you're constantly sick, if you're constantly feeling like crap, and, you, and then, of course, you, you find out that all the money you had is going to be gone, that you're going to be out on the street and all that. I mean, it's life is hard dealing with medical issues when you have even uh, decent money, okay? I mean, more than the average person, okay? Now, when you have less money dealing with those health issues, it's more of a, a, a burden than it was before. And and the thing is, I can see her looking at that she didn't see any positive outcome for her life. She's always she's already in pain. She's feeling like crap, and and all that. And death might be the only issue, uh, uh, only course of action for her. Yeah. But in her, you know, sick mental state, she doesn't want to leave her kids behind. She doesn't want to leave her husband behind. She loves them all, and she wants them together. So instead of just, oh, I'm going to kill myself and 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 release myself from all this pain and suffering that I'm suffering now, I'm going to bring everyone I love with me in this, you know, concocted, oh, if we all die together, we'll be together and then we'll be reincarnated together. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is that, and and of course, uh, the the husband I think was as as as, as equally uh, uh, involved, and and all that. The only difference is that you know he liked breathing, he liked living, and uh, that's why he couldn't kill himself. Yeah, I mean, killing his kids or helping kill his wife that was easier. Uh, but the fact of ending his own life, he just couldn't do. I think the fear of what you just did, too, I think a lot of, even people that aren't religious, I think when they do something as heavy as kill off their family, I think they look at the afterlife a little differently, you know what I mean? They maybe start thinking about things like hell and things like that, you know what I mean? Because even at that point, it's not even, even at that point, it's like, Something that fucking devastating. Even if you don't believe in heaven and hell, you you're that bad. You gotta believe that something you are being, you are paying for that some way. You know what I mean? It's just such a heavy negative energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that probably both of them were behind it, and um, I'll say possibly, possibly because of the. The, the, the sheer the sheer chance 
that she that she was just a victim herself. I wouldn't even want to have that on on the conscience of the show. You know what I mean? But it's it's there's the evidence is definitely there for that to be possible, for sure. But um, I mean, I mean, even if that was the case, you can always argue that the fact because he was sick and all that. I mean, that was affecting her mental rationalization. Yeah. So I mean, it's like you know you. you that's why you can't try someone who's, um, you know, mentally handicapped. Okay, and the way I guess he probably was because of all all of the problems he was having uh, was mentally handicapped at that time. Mm. And of course, I mean, the husband definitely should know that, and 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 he should have like see just. Be like, you know, it's obviously my wife's hurting. And she's coming up with this crazy idea. I mean, in my... And he keeps on saying that this is what my wife was thinking, not me. If that's the case, why didn't you get the kids out of the house? If I was in in, in a relationship, and I had children, and I had a wife, and my wife's in this situation, she's constantly talking about dying and then, you know, everyone dying together in this death pact and then reincarnating in another life. Plus, also, if she's that sick from how everyone keeps on saying it, then I have a hard time believing she was the one that, you know, killed all the kids. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. So I mean I, I, I can see that she might have been the one with the idea, but I have a feeling that she had the idea and she got her husband to do the actual dirty work. Well she was kinda of bedridden, I think too, so physically he'd probably have to do the deeds. Yeah. So in the end he's a hundred percent guilty. I mean whether you want to go and, and put blame on the mother also, you can definitely do that. And I think she probably was was somewhat behind it too, but it's still a hundred percent. You know, he had a hundred percent involvement in what happened. So if she if she did wasn't if she did, if she was involved, she got she she skated. She kind of skated on this and probably got the most perfect outcome for her because even people look at her. Uh, but we're not going to get too deep into that. Now, with that being said, outcome for him, uh, he four four consecutive uh, life sentences without the chance of parole. Um, I don't see him lasting that very long. I think he'll either he'll either do what he attempted ten times to do uh, successfully, or I think that. The way that he was, he's, he's definitely, <clears throat> you watch the stuff, he's definitely, he's changed forever. He's not a, you can't say he's a normal dude. He's been through too much. You know what I mean? Um, the way that he was playing at his, uh, when he was getting, uh, they were reading, reading uh, the verdict on him, <clears throat> sentencing him out, the, um, was the, the vibe that I, the way that he talked, I, like I said earlier in the episode, I feel like he, he could annoy people. He almost came off kind of like an annoying dude. So depending on how he how he handles himself, I think, in, 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 in prison, because I don't think he's 
I don't think he's got the money. <clears throat> he's got the fame, but may, for a little bit, but not quite the money to like get well, treated good, so to speak. So he's gonna he's gonna be in there with folks that can just kill him. And I think that if he if he whines too much, if he's always saying I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm I'm innocent, uh, lying to the boys, I think that that might get him. And just the fact that he's annoying for lying to the boys so much, well, I think, I think just it. the. F- I just think the fact that he killed children. Well, I think yeah. Well, that of course. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's. I mean, uh, it it's even if you're in like the worst prison and all that, that is considered like the lowest thing you can do. So I was there. I wonder if they look. If they're not, they don't look. They don't look as bad addicts as his kids. I wonder if. I wonder what the actual mentality in there of that is, but I do. Yeah, you're right for sure. If you do stuff to kids, you're you're. It's not going to be a pleasant, especially sexually stuff. It ain't going to be a pleasant oh. ride for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, the thing is, honestly, I think that if uh, the real question is whether they're going to put him in general population or whether they'll put him in like some other like. Uh, you know, place in prison, not general, uh, Jim Powell. Like, I, mean, I think, I don't think he'll be protected. I think he'll be sent yeah. out and. Yeah. If he's putting Jim, a Jim pop, I don't think he's going to last long. He'd have I to mean, be able to figure it. He'd have to be able to handle himself. And I don't think he is. It sounds like he's a, he's coming in as, like you said, a child murderer, someone who killed his wife, which I don't think they'd frown too hard on killing your wife in there, but. Some would, you know what I mean. Well, but, um, I, the, mean, the, the I mean, I mean, the child thinks big. The child yeah. thinks big. The fact that he he's he had money, they're not gonna like that, you know. So he had it, but you know, he had everything, lost everything. He's a real Cinderella story, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, back, I don't know. For some, reason, for some reason, I feel like it ain't gonna work out for him. I, I feel like. Yeah, I feel I don't think he'll last too long, and I'm not wishing it on him or anything like that. I mean, it's all up to him and him and the folks that died and the maker. Uh, none of my business, but my opinion of it is I don't. I, I my 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 intuition tells me he's not going to last. Uh, like in the next five, he ain't going to be with us no more. I'd say, but. It is what it is. Yo, buddy, I know you're a man of rehabilitation. You're always in in there getting cleaned up on some type of substance. So with that being said, I mean, do you think there's rehabilitation for this man? Or do you think he's he's just far gone, (laughs) so? No, no, absolutely not. No rehabilitation for him. No, I mean, especially for what he's done. I mean, I'm no saint. I have done a lot. A lot of things that I regret, but, um, no, I mean, killing children, killing your wife, I mean, it's, no, there's no coming back from that at all, in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's danced with the devil in the pale moonlight and he's not coming back. Nice Batman reference there. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's pretty, uh, I don't think there's, I don't think that gentleman can be rehabilitated on multiple levels. I think crime, uh, danger. I think he's, 
you you let a dude that you let a you let a guy think that he got away with any part of what he did, and that's dangerous alone to let back out there, letting him think that's so he's like you're forgiving him for it or whatever. Um, and mentally, I think even before, like, like I said about you being in a mental, I think his mental place went from dark to darker from when he did it, when he did it type deal. So like, I think he was really deranged to begin with to want to go through with plan and execute. Uh, but I think those two, those two and a half weeks or whatever of him sitting around with dead bodies pondering, dude, I wish that he, I wish there was like video cam of what those two and a half weeks were, you know what I mean? Like some kid, like security camera footage of did he just, did he watch TV and eat meals with them? Did he sleep? Did he just sleep fucking the whole time? Did he stay completely out of his mind, obliviated on something? Um, you know, did, did he literally, did he like realistically try to like kill himself for real? I mean, if, the, if you really want to go the certain ways, you don't come back from, you know what I mean? It's, which is why I don't really take him one for you to be, for you to be fucking so gung ho into an, into a plan like murder, suicide and go through with four people killing four people. Supposedly only three. Supposedly killed and she killed herself. I think he even said that she he, I think he did say claimed that she killed all the kids. Um but like if you yeah. Yeah, it's no good. It's not a good look for sure. Um it's problematic. You know? You finish. You can't really you agree can't really come back from a situation like that. Uh yeah. It's that's just that's just too too. You go too too. Yeah, it's too much, man. It's too too deep. You're not supposed to do that. You know what I mean? That's one of those things I tell you in the beginning. You're not supposed to do that type of shit. Um. See, so yeah, I don't think uh, the question was what the rehabilitation question is. That what that was? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think. Yeah, I I, I mean I agree with with Buddy. I mean, there's, there's no rehabilitation. I. Even I, I the the just a mental uh, taxing on any normal person. I where you live, you, you you are involved with the death of your entire family, and you actually you know stay in the house for weeks while their bodies are literally decomposing uh, around you, and 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 you're, you're smelling, you know. It's no. I mean, the, the the fact is, there's no way back for him. There ain't no coming back for the wicked. Well, buddy, I thank you for being on this show. Uh, you know, st- stepping out from behind the scenes. People, we always hear good feedback. People like hearing from you. You always got a lot to say, even when you're not saying anything. Hey, I always love being here, and uh, and uh, hopefully next time we'll talk about something a little bit uh, more uplifting. <laughs> You're usually on for the darker episodes, if I remember correctly. That's because you keep on calling me for the darker episodes. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I I love uh, 
I love I love talking uh, talking and being with you guys and you know and uh, putting my two cents in. Yeah, yeah. We always like it, Alexander. You know what I mean. Always a pleasure. Hey, of course. I mean, like I said, it's. Uh, I mean, you can rationalize anything you want, and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do horrendous things and. They don't think they did anything wrong or that, you know, they're justified in what they did. Yeah. Well, and, you know, rest in peace to all the victims, of course, you know, uh, horrifying stuff. You got Mother Megan, 42. And then uh, the children, Alexander, 13, which he spelt as Alexander with a K instead of an X out of his time. Uh, Alexander the Hawk will be stealing that for acting purposes, credits <laughs> in the future. It's so hip. Um, Tyler Todd, of course, age 11. Zoe Todd, age four. And, uh, Breezy, the family dog. You know, you could almost, you could almost understand an adult killing an adult. You know what I mean? You could almost understand, okay, somebody got this angry with this person over something that this person definitely knew they shouldn't have done. It was a clash. Somebody died. Somebody killing off a kid, a four-year-old, or any of these kids is fucking horrifying. Like, yeah, it's dark. It's just real dark shit. But uh, we send our love and light to the to the folks lost and all the people that loved them. And uh, that sucks. It's fucking bananas. But we'll see where Anthony winds up. I don't think it's going to be too happy for him. Um, I'll give him five. Speculation on the speculation zone. But uh, thank you all gentlemen out there for joining us. Uh, We'll catch you all uh, next time. Maybe a little lighter of an episode of The Behold. We wanted to get into this because it was current events. Very interesting. Whenever I see people truly tapped out in the mind, I'm, 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 I'm drawn to it immediately in fascination. You know, the same thing with like Charlie. You know what I mean? There's a weird deal there. And cult, the cult vibe is very crazy. You know, the Heaven's Gate, we're, we're, we're all planning on dying. And it's okay. Don't get upset because we're going to where we want to go. Like this, the weirdness of that. I'll never kind of, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's always super fascinating when anybody feels they're gonna they're taking that ultimate plunge. They're making that ultimate decision, not just because they don't want to be here anymore, but because they actually think that. And I guess who am I to say anything? But they actually think that they're gonna go do whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, it's very kind of interesting stuff, and uh, it always catches the old fascination hook. At the Behold the Pill podcast. So uh, we hope we didn't bore y'all. I hope y'all had uh, big interest in this episode and got some stuff out of it um, and had some, uh, I wouldn't say fun, but uh, some podcasting truth or true crime and good time. And, and we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold, Behold, Behold. A pale podcast. Woo!
this was a personal catastrophe in everybody's life in my family, including myself. I maintain my innocence. I provided for my wife, did everything I could for my wife. She was progressively sick over the years. There were days which were worse, days which were better. She was kept on a pedestal from me. My kids kept, I, I did everything for them. The weight gain, Ms. Kopko has said, was because I negated myself. Two to three hours of sleep a night because I would be treating my wife, doing for my wife, flying back and forth. I appreciated her medical concerns. And the reason why I would call so much is because Megan would have bad days. And I just needed to know she was okay. It wasn't a control factor. It wasn't a any, any kind of scoping things out or whatnot. It was my fear that she was, or my fear that something was wrong with her, and I just needed to hear her voice making sure she was okay. I loved my wife. I loved my children. I was not there the night my children died. The kids and my wife woke up. Friday before all this happened, we got in a disagreement, and I begged her to go get help, because she screamed at my son, for because he didn't do the pot, clean the pot, he let it soak per my instructions. This has been a progressive history since the miscarriage her anger issues, her frustration issues, and it was directed mostly at me. And I took it. It's okay. Because she held me partly responsible for getting her sick initially because I insisted she went to the hospital. I told her after she finally decided to schedule a doctor's appointment on the Thursday after Thanksgiving, she canceled it. I found that out the night before. When she screamed at Tyler, the Friday the 13th, I told her that she has to the end of the month to see a doctor because she went to the alternative and spiritual and all this other route. Or I would get her aunt and my sister involved. After that, she once again held it quiet in public Okay? She was very good at keeping it from the public. We went to the recital that they did for the convalescent home on the 13th. I was walking on eggshells. I don't like upsetting my wife. My wife was primary and foremost in my life, especially after she got sick. Finally, Whatever day it was, and I apologize, I do not have the days, because I was on, on, on a uh, winter break. I went up to her one night and said, listen, I haven't treated you in a couple days. Just allow me to treat you. Allow me to work on you. And I tried a couple different techniques. As I was working, she was worried about me not loving her anymore. And I told her, no. The footprints, remember the footprints poem? 
Sometimes you don't think I'm there, but I'm the one carrying you. I will do whatever you need to get ready. That's why I've supported you. She knew I didn't believe in this light and this other religion that she went into. But I supported her, because that's what a husband does. Everybody has a freedom to choose their own religions. Everybody has a freedom to choose their own acts. She fell asleep, very rested comfortably. I couldn't sleep. I went downstairs. Okay? I, Judge Carson doesn't have the authority to overturn the judge. No, I understand, but I, I need to let him know that everything was okay when she woke up the next morning. I kept the kids out there to keep outside to keep her nice and stress-free. That's the only reason I left to go to the condo that night, because everything was good and there was an opportunity to get things done. As Ms. Kopko said, I fell asleep at a drop of a hat. I have this weight off my shoulders that my wife was feeling great. I went, went to charge the phone, and I fell asleep. I woke up afraid to be on eggshells or the doghouse again because we just reconciled. I ran back because I could not get the car started. It turns out my seat was too far back. And after that, everything happened. And I lived nothing but a nightmare. Every single suicide attempt, every single nightmare would come out. I relived every nightmare, would wake up, and would see, I was like, oh, that's a nightmare, to see my family dead. I progressively tried to kill myself over and over and over again because I wanted to be with them. This altar they speak of was a homeschooling project from the week prior. That's all that was. There was no religious seance or anything whatsoever. It was nothing but a homeschooling project that made my wife happy because we were talking about Egyptian pharaoh and pyramids. That's all we were talking about and what they bring in the afterlife. This is, this so, is not helping you in the, in the, from this progress on, so I encourage you to... I'm sorry. I love my wife. I love my kids. They were first and foremost in my life. I did not do this. I provided for my wife, provided for my kids, did everything I could. I understand the jury came back. I understand evidence wasn't heard. I don't remember that time from the time I fell down the stairs to the time I woke up in the jail. I love my kids. I love my kids every day. Doing recently that I just stopped crying myself to sleep. My kids and my wife were everything to me. They were the center of my universe. When I came home, I was shattered. Appreciate you listening to me, sir. And I know you're in your situation. I just, I did not do this. Thank you for listening to me, sir.